what's up? Welcome to 200 and Counting, everyone's favorite documentary podcast. So this week's doc is a classic in the Black community. It's Chris Rock's Good Hair. And I rewatched it randomly, like after it came up in conversation. And I was like, you know, I should do an episode of the podcast about this. So I saw it when it first came out, like in 2009, I think I was, I was in ninth grade. So I was like just starting high school and this whole thing came out right before the natural hair movement started. And I don't know if like Chris Rock shamed us all into doing it, but that's just what the timeline was. I feel like the natural hair movement kind of started really, really, really popping off in like 2011, 2012. Good hair though, stars Chris Rock. And basically he's going through the black community talking about our hair, our hair texture, how much money and time and energy we spend on our hair. And he's mainly talking about black women's hair, which we will get into later because I got some problems with it. The whole film starts with him talking about his daughters and they came home one day and they were like, daddy, why don't I have good hair? And he was like, good hair. What's good hair? Blah, blah, blah. Why do they think that? Yada, yada, yada. Just yesterday, my daughter came into the house and said, Daddy, how come I don't have good hair? I wonder how she came up with that idea. So for those of you who don't know, usually when people say good hair, they mean like straighter hair, like looser curls, not tight curls, not black people hair, basically. And um, it's that's just not a good thing to say. Like, you don't 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 say good hair. Don't fall into that trap. OK, there's no. No, no, no. Let's get that straight right now. So they came home and they were like, Daddy, why don't we have good hair? And he was really bothered by this. He was like, where did my daughters get this idea that their hair is bad hair? Racism. That's how them saying that they didn't have good hair kind of reminds me of there was this experiment that they did with dolls for kids. It's called the doll test. If you Google it, it's very interesting. The doll test reminds me of this because it was that same kind of mentality where kids were given a choice between a black doll with dark skin or a white doll. And they're choosing the white doll every single time. And it's that mentality of like what is white is right and that merging towards that standard of beauty so i know my parents never let us play with white dolls i think i've had two white dolls ever and one might have just been light skinned and they weren't even around for long like i don't even know what happened to them we only had black dolls they still had straight hair so still problem but at least they were black you know, so in order to find out what good hair really is, Chris Rock embarks on this whole journey about black hair and beauty standards. And he travels around the country and around the world talking to black people about their hair and the black hair industry. And he's hoping to like come to some kind of conclusion, which, to be honest, I don't know what that was. And now I've seen the doc twice and I cannot really tell you what conclusion he comes to. But we will jump into this journey together and analyze. First of all, this documentary is all over the damn place, like truly to the point that I can I'm not even going to save my criticism till the end like I usually do, because it's so hard to follow the story that I can't give you a clear synopsis. I just have to talk about it as just clips. It jumps around so much. There's no clear plot. It's literally just like random bits strung together. But for some reason, they start the doc with Chris Rock going to like a hair show, like a hair competition kind of thing with all these different hairdressers and they're prepping to compete on stage doing hair. So they would be like doing hair to music on stage in front of people and judges are judging them and whoever wins the competition. I don't remember what you win. I think some kind of belt situation, but I'm not sure. This was in Atlanta. 
Of course. This is something you'd only find in Atlanta, maybe Houston or the DMV, but definitely in Atlanta. So the entire thing is ridiculous, not because it's a hair show, but because he chose such random people to talk to. Like the way these people are talking in the stock, it seems like he went up to them literally like seconds before and was like, hey, can I talk to you? And they had no clue what was going on. It was to the point where I was like, are these people actors? Like very, very bad. Is this a sketch? Like what's going on? One woman who is a hairdresser who was competing, they kept being like, no one ever knows what the hell she's talking about. And then later they show her on stage competing. And afterwards the judges were like, what was that? She was like underwater. But the thing is like, if this sounds confusing to listen to, it was just as confusing to watch. It was like, what is going on? It was very funny and ridiculous, but it was, it was really something. There was a white guy who he did black hair and he was going to compete. And he was the one everyone was worried about because he did hair so well. And it was surprising. But then that spun off into like the documentary launching a whole other conversation like, oh, can white people do black hair? No. But can this guy? Apparently so. And then they start interviewing like random people, literally people who are not even in the scene to be like, can white people do black hair? And then Nia Long pops up on screen. She's like, mm, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, what are, what does this have to do with the original? What is this? What is this? They go so far off base with it that it feels like a 15 minute long, like conspiracy hotep YouTube video or something. Like it was really off the wall. And throughout the documentary, they're cutting between clips of them prepping for the competition. Then they show the actual competition. But like by the time they show the competition, you're like, I forgot about these people. Who is this again? And at one point they show the white hairdresser getting Botox at some point, which I feel like was shady, but whatever. It was just so much and so little explanation. And I guess the point was to show like, hey, black people celebrate our hair in different ways, which is cool. But really it was like, what is this? What is this? At one point there was like one of the coaches or hairdressers for the competition was training his hair models to like get ready to walk down the aisle. And the night before he was like, while they were praying, he was like, I'm a need for y'all to not eat or drink anything but water until the competition. And everyone was like, oh, hell no, blah, blah, blah. One girl was like, I'm sorry, I cannot do that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, girl, same, 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 same. The main part of the documentary, though, is like Chris going around talking to different people about just like about hair. And sometimes he's like randomly in barbershops and beauty shops. And sometimes it's literally the most random black celebrities they pulled together to get quotes from. And so few of them actually add to the conversation. Like he'll be talking about something and then it'll cut to like Raven Simone to be like, I paid this much money for my weave. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, okay, Ray, okay, Raven. Right now I have clips in my hair. I've attached um, two pieces here because I want a little more fullness. Mine is a one unit. I don't know, like Nia Long was in it, Salt and Pepper were in it, which was cool. They had a really cool story about how one of them burned their hair off on the side with a relaxer. And that's how she started her like asymmetrical style that they were into. When my sister did my hair and then this whole side was burnt off. I remember. And then that's how the style of the asymmetrical look came in with salt and pepper. And I had to shave off one side of my hair. That was like the best celebrity interview because it was like, oh, okay, I didn't know that. But the rest of them, it was like, like pretty much they probably just reached out to a bunch of people and whoever said yes, they were like, okay, sure, you can 
can be in it, even if they already like reached the cap of interviews they needed. But the thing was like, this didn't add anything to it for me. Like if I could have asked 10 women I know personally about their hair and learned just as much as I did from hearing random celebrities talk about it. Besides the celebrities, he also went to a bunch of barbershops, as I said, and beauty shops to talk to like normal civilians about their hair. And once again, it was like, who is this for? Because he's asking a bunch of like real normal people, how much do you spend on your weave? How do you afford it? How do you pay for it? And of course he's gonna pick the people who are like, oh, I spent a thousand dollars on my weave. I use a payment plan, da 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 da. And I was like, why do you have to, like really? Cause you can get a weave for less than a thousand. Like, first of all, half the women who are up in there talking about they paid a thousand dollars for their weaves. They were looking busted. And I guess this was before you could get like a nice 360 frontal because good Lord, some of them I was like, you're getting scammed. You're getting scammed. I'm glad you revealed this because you're getting scammed. I have a layaway plan on my on my hair units. So you can lay away the way. That's right. I have a layaway plan. This lady right now, she in about another month or so, she's getting a new one. She already start paying for her next week. It like annoyed me because if you're a black person watching this, Once again, like I could ask myself how much I spent on my hair. I could like ask someone I know. I don't need to watch this to be like, wow, that's what black people do. That's how much money they spend on their hair. And it felt more like, oh, hey, look at these silly black people spending money on their hair. It felt very much like he made this for not black people and to explain to them how we do our hair. And I was like, oh, this is a little bit icky. This you know, if somebody wants to spend money on their weave, leave them alone. So that's literally not your business. And then he was going up to men in the shop like, oh, do you spend money on your wife or your daughter's weave? Like, damn, how much do you have to spend? Like, OK, let's chill with that. And then the men are like, mm-hmm, sometimes I have to pay whatever, whatever for my wife's weave. Like, OK, stop acting like somebody's got you chained up in a basement, taking your wallet from your pocket every night to make you pay for a new weave. Let's calm down. And if you get a good one, they can last for a while. So it's worth it. And the whole thing kind of seemed patronizing, especially the one that was like, "Ooh, look how much black women spend on their weave because they were interviewing like celebrities and they were like, how do you think that normal women pay for this? And they're like, "Mm, I don't even know because I change my hair up all the time, blah, 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 blah. I uh, no, no, it it made it seem like, oh, black women are too vapid and high maintenance, like silly black women wanting to be white and paying so much money for it. First of all, y'all are out of pocket. Second of all, mind your business. And thirdly, we look the fuck good. So uh, the really shocking part of the documentary that had everybody like all riled up at the time was that like the science of like, what are we as black people doing to get our hair straight? And he goes to the factory where they make relaxers for your hair. So a relaxer is like how you chemically see, I'm doing the exact thing I didn't like. I'm explaining this for people who don't know black hair. Mm -mm -mm. Y'all could Google, but this is a podcast, so I can't show. I have to tell. Anyway, a relaxer is a way to chemically straighten your hair. And so it'll like, it'll be straight, like straight. It, it might be a little stiff, but it will be straight. I personally have never had a relaxer, but you basically like put the relaxer in your hair. You like paint your hair with it and it just like gets straight. I don't know. You just leave it on there. And then once it's done, you wash it out before once it starts burning and then, you know, the drill and then boom, your hair is done. I've never had a relaxer, but I, that just, that just is what it is. I don't know that it is what it is. So he goes to the relaxer factory. I don't like how that sounds. The relaxery. 
<laughs> he goes to the relaxer factory where they make it and he talks to this like random man in a lab coat. I don't know. He probably had a meeting. Now I'm just being shady, but um, he had uh, not a meeting. He had a role, but he talks to this guy and he's like, yeah, you know, if you dip a Coke can in the same stuff that's in a relaxer, some kind of acid, I don't know. It will literally disintegrate the Coke can. Like if you left a can of Coke in this chemical for long enough, it like the can is gone. And Chris Hawk is like, wow, we put this in our hair. That's crazy. And uh, he's right. He's right about that one. That is crazy. I, I would prefer if it was more like a message of like, this is why you shouldn't do this. than like, mm, y'all are crazy for doing this. Yeah, people, uh, black people, black women, some men, you know, mm-hmm. Morris Day, Prince, mm-hmm. put uh, sodium hydroxide in their hair to straighten it out. Why would they do that? To look white. And this was one of the only parts of the documentary where I learned a fact because I was like, this is this is actually concerning. Like I knew, OK, relaxers burn. I knew relaxers can take your hair out and they're bad for you. But I didn't know that they were that bad, you know, like it was that bad. And that really puts everything into perspective. It's like, damn. And those chemicals do real live permanent damage to your hair follicles, like the root of the hair. Probably what sodium hydroxide is doing is actually breaking down the protein in their hair. If it gets down into the scalp, it'll kill it at the root and you'll actually have bald spots there. If you breathe just the fumes from sodium hydroxide, those fumes will ruin your lungs, they'll damage your lungs permanently. And so he was posing the question of like, these are really the lens people go to for straight hair, that's crazy. Like, what is this? And it's like, yes, Chris, but at the same time, why are you so damn loud? Like, mm, damn. One thing that I will say that I appreciated was in the part about the relaxers, they did interview some men. So I was like, all right, finally, the men that they interview, they interview like Al Sharpton and Ice-T, which that should just tell you how over, all over the place this was in terms of celebrity interviews, because Like I was not expecting to see them. Al Sharpton just be all up in it. He's everywhere, honestly. And they're like, oh, we got relaxers and I know they hurt. Usually if you're really trying to relax your hair, it's kind of like a torture session. It's like you want it to get as straight as possible. So you feel it burning, but you be like, it's a little longer. It's a little longer, a little bit longer. Watch it out. Then the next thing you know, they waste no time turning around and slandering black women for spending money on our weaves, like noted. But as all over the place of this documentary is, I do think that there's something to be said for that message of like, wow, it's crazy that we're willing to do all of this to get straight hair. And this is why you should not do that. I do appreciate him for that message because I think that that needed to be like shocked into us. Mentally, I think a lot of black women are, are they're on this quest for attaining the straightest hair possible, trying to conform to a more European look, the straighter hair, the better. And we've been coached with that mentality since childhood. And that's what made this so groundbreaking at the time because he called it out and he was like, hey guys, we're risking our health for this. We are risking our health for this. I just want to let you all know. For context for all of this, there's a really, really, really great book. Um, It's all about the history of black hair and it's called Hair Story, Untangling the Roots of Black Hair in America. It is so good. I remember reading it while getting my hair braided once and I was like, oh my God, I feel like I'm really having some kind of spiritual experience. Anyway, it was like, really interesting to learn. And in regards to like him interviewing black men for this doc, there's some really interesting history about black men and their hair. Like in the early 1900s, I think from like the 20s to the 50s, it was really popular for black men to have this hairstyle called the conch, which I don't like that name. 
I don't know what, I don't know why I just don't like it. And, um, anyway, the, it was like a conch was kind of like a straight, like up, you have to, you have to Google image this C O N K. It was like a straight hairstyle for black men. The book had like really cool anecdotes about like what it was like for them to get their hair straightened. And Malcolm X had written about it before because he used to have a conch and he wrote about like the men, the lengths that even men went to get their hair straighter and like achieve that look. That same desire for that Eurocentric beauty standard affects both black men and black women in different ways, but it's still there, you know? So I think that that's important context. Now, mind you, that wasn't in the documentary. I already knew that going into watching it the second time. So I had that context. So his part, as far as good hair showed, it was just like, okay, men get relaxers too. Mm, that shit burned. All right. Anyway, you know, so I think it could have been like more history could have been woven into it. At some points they did show like old footage of like black and white you know, like black hair, something, something, get your hair straight. Dark and lovely permanent cream relaxer, a beautiful way to relax your kind of hair. And like, okay, that's cool, but there's so much history. And I think that that would have been more interesting to just provide any kind of context to it. I do want to say, though, that I love that everyone is natural now. I think it's amazing. I love the natural hair movement. I love natural hair, obviously. Um, but also if you straighten your hair, that is totally fine. Like you should have agency over your body. You shouldn't feel bad just because, you know, the blacks have come to a consensus that we all need to be natural now. No, you do whatever you want to. As long as you feel confident in yourself and you're looking and feeling good, then do what you want. But I think natural hair is for everybody because that is the hair that God gave us. So Period. the only other part of the documentary where, where I actually learned something of substance was when they talked about where they get the hair from. There was this whole part where he travels to India and he finds out where weaves come from, like where the hair for weaves come from. Also, they they switch from like, mm, people were getting relaxes. Now they're getting weaves. Mm -mm -mm. And like, it's like a, a whole big thing. But before that, there's like this quick part where they're showing different celebrity women being like, mm, this is Indian hair. This is Malaysian hair. Like this is Brazilian hair, blah, blah, blah. And the way they cut it together was once again, very patronizing. And I was like, all right, all right, all right. This is making us look bad. Like we get it. There's hair from different places. All right. So he goes to India and he meets the people who supply American hair stores with the hair. And it was really interesting to see. They showed a lot of women sewing the tracks together, creating the bundles, like packaging them. He also went to a religious ceremony where people had their heads shaved. And then eventually they used that hair taken from the temple to sell it and make weaves out of it. So it was cool to see like where that hair comes from. It was framed almost... I don't know. There was something that he said at one point that kind of made it seem like mm, if black women weren't so damn greedy and patronizing, maybe I'm projecting, but I just I don't know. It made it seem like black women are the reason that people around the world are losing their hair so that we can wear it. And it's like that that's not really what's happening. I guess nobody in India buys hair. Yeah, we already have our own hair. It's like fish buying water. Has anybody ever tried to steal your hair? No, not yet. If you see some black women, just run the other way. In terms of the storyline, it felt super rushed. It was like, okay, all of a sudden he's in India. People are cutting off their hair. Okay, anyway, back to Atlanta. Like, it was like, oh, okay. He also didn't touch on like women who sell their hair because of different circumstances. Like maybe they need the money or anything surrounding that aspect of it. It was literally just like, here's some hair. Also, sometimes people do a religious ceremony then we get the hair. And it was like, there's so many other questions to be answered there. 
But also my thing is if they had money in the budget for him to travel to India, they should have had money in the budget to pay for a better DP and a better editor because the documentary was so poorly put together. For every moment that I felt like, oh, maybe I learned something about chemicals and relaxers or where weaves come from. There was like a random moment in front of a green screen that made no sense. It was like half sketch show, half documentary. At one point, there's literally a clip of him running in front of a green screen and it's supposed to be funny somehow. And then it's like, what is going on? Like, what are you doing? There was also a bit of him like trying to sell black hair to different hair stores. And he's like, do you want some African hair? Do you want some black hair? Blah, 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 blah. And then he has like a trash bag with like an Afro in it. And they're like, no, we don't want this. It's very 2009 humor. Like it's super dated, like that post Bush pre really getting into Obama era humor. It was like, okay, the joke is nobody wants some nappy black hair. All right, cool, bro. All right, let's keep it moving. Honestly, if I had to rate this after just going in on it for the past 20 minutes, if I had to rate this, I'm giving it two stars. And the only reason it gets that second one is because there were some facts in it. And I think he really did try. I think the intentions were there. I just think that they got so caught up in the middle of it and then they just had to throw the shit together and it was what it was because truly... It is all over the place. The only educational parts were when he talked to the guy who worked at the relaxer company to be like, wow, chemicals are bad. It's crazy. And also there was another interesting fact about how black people barely own any black hair stores or hair supply chains who like make the products, which was actually food for thought and a little disheartening. Most black hair stores, and we know this, but most of them are owned by people who aren't black. And a very, very, very small percentage of natural hair products are sold by companies that are owned by black people. And it's kind of like, well, we're the only ones with this hair texture and we can't even own the stuff that we use in it. Like that. Mm, that's a little sus. That seems racist too, to be honest. But it also jumps from like, oh, maybe we should reevaluate the chemicals we use and try to build up our communities to, well, if black women weren't so damn busy being nappy headed and spending thousands of dollars on weave while their kids starve, then maybe it wouldn't be. Okay. Like uh, Chris, like calm it down. Like that to me was the messaging that was being given through this documentary. Subtly, no one said it, but it was like, Mm, they spent all this money on weave, da, 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 da. You know, like the two ideas were not linked together well and it just did not sit well with me. By the end of it, it was way more like, let's expose and shame black women and make them look dumb. That's the vibe I got from it. There's also a clip of a black woman who confronted Chris Rock about the documentary. I think it was like on Oprah and she like spoke to him about it and how it did not affect us the way I think he intended it to. I don't want to be the butt of everybody's joke when I walk out the salon and my hair is nice and I have people coming up to me saying, your hair is nice. Is it a weave? Is that Indian hair? All the art I do is mostly black and it's for everybody, but it involves mostly black people because I'm black and it's the good, the bad, the the humor, the non-humor, I, I, it's all in there. And I think, I think he genuinely did have good intentions, but I think that this should have been made by a woman, a black woman. There was also like a clip in the barbershop where this guy was like, I prefer white women because I can run my fingers through their hair and I feel like I can be more intimate with them. And I was like, okay, well, why don't you just shuck and jive it right on off screen, sir? Because that brought nothing. Like you didn't have to include that part. You know, like that's not like good discourse that's moving the conversation forward. That's just somebody being bitter for no reason. And I think the woman who confronted Chris 
Rock has a point. Like this documentary feels very much like, hey, white people, let's look at what these wacky Negroes are doing with their hair. And, and it just doesn't sit well with me in the end. Like it's not cute to make us the butt of the joke. I don't think he intended to, but that's how it comes off. And I don't know if it comes off that way because it's 2019 and now like, I don't know, some shit gone down. Yeah, I'm sensitive. Like, good Lord. Once again, that's that leftover Bush era comedy. Like, let's put down some black women as usual. At the time this came out in 2009, I was straightening my hair on a regular basis. So when I first watched this, I was like, wow, oh my God, that's crazy. But I was also 14 years old. So the bar was pretty low in terms of impressing me. Like I wasn't at 200 and counting. I was at like 10 and counting. And like nine of those had been watched in middle school history class. And I never had a relaxer or a perm. I used to get the flat iron and the hot comb, which that's another thing. He didn't even talk about the flat iron and the hot comb. I was like, that's not even like, there's a whole, I was like, what about us? Tell me why I shouldn't get the hot comb, even though I don't have any type of edges, but tell me the science behind it. I'd like to know because the hot comb and the flat iron are almost just as bad. Though The hot comb is also bad because it will mess up your edges. You will have your hairline starting 15 miles back from your damn forehead. Like, whoo, that, mm, that hot comb, especially when they warm it up on the stove. Oh my God. I'm triggered. I can't, I cannot do this. But you know, at the time though, I will give him credit. Like it was a very big, like blockbuster movie. It was so groundbreaking, but looking back, I'm like, this was so poorly done. I could have just watched this in health class and just kept it pushing. Like, I understand what the point was. I feel like I get the intention, but the intention was like, you know, his intention was like, okay, why are we doing this? But I think it would have just been better if it were made by a black woman. It just, because we would have that perspective of like, this is how we're judged for our hair. This is how we have to present ourselves. We can't walk up in a job interview with some big Afro. That's just not, that just is not going to fly, you know? So Little subtleties like that, I think would be way more interesting than the way he presented this. So, you know, if anyone wants to fund me to remake the good hair documentary from, from the perspective of a black woman with 4C hair, let look, hit me up. Let me know. Let's let's work. Let's get it. Let's get it popping. But also it's interesting. The conclusion that he came to at the end of the documentary wasn't like, and that's why we should all be natural. Embrace your hair. Your hair is good hair. It was more like, well, damn, that was crazy. At least you know where you'll get the hair from for your next weave. OK, bye. Like, I was like, well, that was a missed opportunity. Like that could have really been like, okay, black women, this is why you should promote your natural hair and love yourself. Woo. But instead it was like, if my daughters are going to be wearing weaves, I'd rather know where the hair is coming from. Something like, I don't know. That's not how Chris Rock talks, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing my best here. Okay. Working on my voiceover skills, but ultimately, you know, good hair, two stars, Good hair, bad doc. I'll tell you that. Um, but I mean, it's definitely a conversation starter. I wouldn't really recommend like there's no reason for you to watch this. Um, I pretty much told you all that you could watch some clips on YouTube and really get the same experience. But I think that in 2019, this is very 10 years ago, so I shouldn't be judging it as hard as I just did. I ripped it apart for no reason. But I think it's a good time to revisit it. 10 years later, we have the natural hair movement. Everyone's natural. My hair is in an afro as we speak. It'd be a cool time to revisit the issue of black women, black hair, black men and their hair. Like 
that would be cool. And that's what I'm trying to see in the future. You know, less putting us down. We're lifting us up. Period. So anyway, yes. Two stars for good hair. I knew it'd get a low rating going into it. But honestly, I'm a messy bitch who lives for drama. So I can't even pretend I didn't love doing this episode and ripping it apart. All right. Thanks for listening. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye.